Hey powerhouses, welcome to another episode. Today I am interviewing an incredible guest that you guys are really gonna love listening to. Jenny Buchel is the CEO and founder and marketing maven of Haven Creative. Some of her passions include snarky t-shirts, which who doesn't love a snarky t-shirt, and community building. Early on in her career, in while she was doing marketing and video production, it really led her to fall in love with community building. And really, it's what led her to founding Haven Creative, which is an award-winning communications agency located in Charlotte, North Carolina. Haven uses the art of communication to create thriving communities and catapult companies into growth. So get ready and tune in for this super fun interview. Welcome to Becoming Powerhouse, where we discuss the tough lessons I've learned while taking my two companies from negative revenue to over seven figures. We'll talk about the raw and vulnerable truths about being boss, as well as tips and strategies you can implement immediately for better business results. I'm your host, Nicole Overcamp, the founder and CEO of Wilcox Financial Group and Powerhouse Coaching. You can see links and other resources in our notes. Don't forget to head over to Powerhouse money.com to grab your free power her bundle for business and subscribe to our newsletter. Now let's dive in to today's episode. Okay, Jenny. So I am so excited to have this chat with you and interview when we were doing our pre-call. It was it was so refreshing. I'm going to use the word that, that you just said when I said fuck, right? Um, everybody listening to this podcast knows that I cannot hold back. And even though it was highly recommended, this be a clean show is just not I'm sorry. Uh, hopefully whoever is listening to this is wearing earmuffs or, or headphones. Rather your kids need earmuffs um, for, for this podcast, but Jenny, if you can just let everyone know, like how you came to start your company, where, where did you get started? How did that evolution happen? Because it it certainly wasn't, I I don't think your initial master plan, but would love to hear the story and how that unfolded. Yeah, um, it definitely wasn't a master plan. It was a way to escape a feeling of not having a creative outlet and being home with my son. So it was by accident. We moved across the country and I realized that I needed to find a new job. So we moved because of my husband's job. And once we landed in North Carolina, I bought a laptop and said, I'm just going to freelance a little bit so that I can have some income to support him going to preschool, but also so that I can spend time with him. I really didn't know. I I didn't really want to go back to work full time. But that grew and as it started growing, I got hungrier and hungrier to grow it. Mm -hmm. And then I met my first business mentor in 2015 and I saw that it was possible to scale a business because I'd always told myself, I don't know if everyone struggles with imposter syndrome like I do, but I told myself I was stupid. I didn't go to college to grow a business. I was a theater major, which not a lot of people know. So I was always into writing and creativity and storytelling, but had no idea how to apply that to business or even that I could until I saw it happening. And so then I put in real effort to set goals and scale. And, and that's what happened in 2015, just setting those goals and then joining entrepreneur organization, the accelerator program gave me that accountability. It gave me that community. It gave me that drive. Um, just as an aside note, I feel like 
entrepreneurship is so romanticized right now. It's like, go <laughs> believe in the law of attraction and build a brand and blah, blah, blah. But we don't talk about the GSD that it takes to get shit done to make mm -hmm. it actually freaking happen, right? We're always talking about how beautiful it is to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, so throwing that out there, it took a lot of hard work and dedication because I wanted to grow it. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's exhausting. Uh, it's nerve wracking. And 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 you're right. Like we see all of the highlight reels and how amazing it is and how you can do whatever you want, whenever you want and travel. And like, yeah, I've got my team working for me. And um, right. and it's so great and rosy. But what what they don't see or what we don't see rather is I have a team working for me. I have a growing, thriving company. And oh, by the way, I'm understaffed. I'm exhausted. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and we have the, the problem or the challenge rather of leading a team, keeping them motivated through 2020, by the way. And I'd love for you to talk about that um, because I know you have such an incredible culture within your organization. But then now that we're not going back to normal, we're not going back to the way things were, we have to choose not only how we're going to lead our team moving forward and what that looks like and what the work environment looks like, we have to think about how we're going to do business because we're not doing business the same way either. And what does that look like in, in terms of our ability to stand out and remain remarkable and, and have the ability to continue to pivot, especially now as we're heading into, you know, this, this potential recession that has a lot of, of conversation happening and, and how to position your business for that. So you know, Jenny, what are some of the things that you're doing right now as a business owner to uh, have that uh, company-wide cheer, if you will, in, in retaining your employees and, and making sure that they feel really comfortable and confident in the position that they're in and the impact that they're making out in the world? This is a great question because I just got off a leadership team meeting with that exact issue that we were trying to IDS. So we run EOS. So discussing it and trying to solve it. Yeah. And how do we get that buy-in? How do we make sure our team feels like they belong here and they can see their trajectory on our team? But some of that does start with purpose. And I believe that after 2020, a lot of people left their companies because they didn't tie into the purpose of the brand. They didn't feel like they had a greater purpose. I speak a lot about that. And I think it's important that we have to align ourselves with organizations and teams that fulfill a deeper purpose in ourselves. So defining that as an organization is incredibly important. You know, and we talk about at Haven how we are all about building community inside organizations. But what we realize is that it's all about also educating to empower others. And when mm -hmm. we started telling that story, we started attracting talent that was driven by that similar purpose and from that, we started growing our team and our story even further and being able to touch more um, businesses and organizations that were struggling with telling their stories. So that's one, you know, that's how we kind of create culture. But I also firmly believe that every organization, you could boil every single problem down to communication. All problems are communication problems, something left unsaid or misunderstood. So what we try to do is get our teams talking and we start at home at Haven mm -hmm. at our, with ourselves. Mm -hmm. How do we have hard conversations? How do we overcome obstacles as a team? And when you build that trust and respect along you, with your team members, they want to stay with you because they trust you and they respect you and they're having fun creating with you and you're, we're solving problems together. So we work very hard at making sure we're always having hard conversations, good mm -hmm. conversations, the get shit done attitude. 
It's all part of our culture. Um, and that's not to say that we haven't detracted people or had to fire people or people don't want to be a part of it. And that's fine. That's one of the biggest lessons I've learned over the last 10 years is that not everyone is meant to be on your team. And it's fine. You know, it just because mm-hmm. our values and our culture are this, it's okay that people don't align with that. They're just not yes. the right people for our organization. And that's fine. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I was just going to say that as like, it's, we, we do try so hard to make sure that we have adequate help in, in staff and a team, but it's so important to make sure who's on your team is part of your company fabric of your brand and they're adding to the culture versus, you know, there's always that one toxic person who you're kind oh, of unsure God. of and you're not really, yes. um, you know, aware of how bad it is. And then you finally get the gumption to pull the trigger and fire them. And then all of a sudden, and you've probably had this happen before, all of yes. your employees are like, thank God. They were terrible. They did this. And yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh my God, am I not approachable for you to tell me this up front? You know, and um, and I've had that experience in the past where it's like, wow, I really need to start to lead a little differently and make sure that my team feels comfortable coming to me and talking to me about things going on or having those critical conversations, whether it's with uh, personnel or even clients that you're dealing with, because sometimes too, we can have challenging clients and in dealing with them is is so important. Uh, and so, and it sounds like maybe you had a story to tell about a challenging client that you had and, and maybe how you solved that. And you might as well tell it because I'm sure there's plenty of other women listening yeah. who have had the same oh. thing. So I always say as a recovering people pleaser, because I think that's <laughs> how I started out or women in general, we're always willing to, oh, we make someone happier. We have this, oh okay, God, yeah. I, I have a fear of rejection. <laughs> I get my feelings hurt and I wanted to keep everyone on my team because I cared about them so much. What happened is I started creating this resentment bubble that I was living in and I wasn't mm-hmm. really happy and there were issues happening on our team. And I finally had to pull the trigger and going back to what you said earlier, mm-hmm. having the wrong person is a lot like having a cancer. It's just spreading yes. and infect everyone else on the team. And once I was able to overcome my fear of letting people go and fear of firing, we've only gotten stronger and better as a team. And, it, and even my mindset was healthier. Mm-hmm. So when I look at clients, similar things. When I first started out, I would take every revenue opportunity, right? You say yes to everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll do this. I'll take that. And then you start to realize, no, we want to be this type of organization. We get really very laser focused on what type of service we offer, but we also got very, very specific on our own core values. And what I've realized is that's a great measuring tool, not just for talent, but also for clients. We had an issue actually a year ago, this exact time, where we had a client on a regular monthly retainer. It was a good, you know, healthy amount of retainer. And we were looking to increase that the next year. We raise our prices historically on the value we've provided. And it created this confrontational issue with this one client, which was a trust and respect thing, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. but also led to some other things. So there was um, a harassment issue that happened to myself and then it happened to one of my team members. But when it happened to me, I spoke out immediately to my team and I told them what we would not accept as a team. And I told them the action I was going to take against this particular client, made sure everyone felt okay to speak up. What happened, unfortunately, was not even two weeks after I'd had that confrontation with the client, it happened to a team member. And that team member told me that they would have never spoken out had I not shared my experience and made it a safe space for the team to push back. Um, And this team member told me at a previous company, they would have never 
done that because they know that they would have kept the client, that the revenue was more important. Well, my team is more important than any client that we have. And I'll tell you that I'll tell anybody that um, I have their backs. And if it is a trust and respect issue, I'm no problem firing the client, even if it is a good revenue amount, because it's that important to me to protect our culture and our team. Mm -hmm. And so I did, I ended up having to fire that client. And we were worried at first, like, okay, we have to replace this revenue. It was no problem. We got three new clients that were aligned in our, you know, what we offer yeah. and our core values and everyone's better for it. And now we just, we know where our limits are and it's about setting clear boundaries and being okay yeah. with setting boundaries. It doesn't make you a bitch, you know, that we get called. No, it does not. Do this. Yeah. And, and there's a great books out there about boundaries, but being clear is kind, setting specific boundaries knowing what is acceptable and what's not is one of the greatest learning lessons I think in yeah. business. Yes, yes, and yes. All of those things. It, it's so important. And, and one of the themes that I see with women entrepreneurs who are successful in leading really dynamic teams is they're transparent, they're vulnerable, and they're excellent communicators. And I mean, that's what you've just been explaining and, and that you're doing with your team. And I think that's so important to take note of and, and for anyone listening to let that sink in because I think so often we're afraid to be vulnerable and transparent because we're afraid we're going to come off as is potentially weak or incapable of handling a circumstance and like the, the ability for you to be vulnerable with your team and talk about challenges that you're having actually makes you such an incredibly strong leader and then to your point in your circumstance Jenny like gave your employee the confidence to come to you with a similar thing that I mean let's be honest like any kind of harassment is uncomfortable to talk about and as a woman you don't want to be quote-unquote complaining yes. now oh, do we like deal. it was just a joke that's bullshit when I confronted the client oh well that was a joke you just took it wrong you know what bullshit like yeah F you, no. inappropriate. It's inappropriate. Yeah. It's unacceptable. Yeah. It's not happening. Exactly. Yeah. Unacceptable. And good God, have it, it like, it took me, I can't tell you the number of years uh -huh. it took me to understand things that were said to me that were unacceptable, inappropriate, or I, I actually gave myself permission to start speaking up for myself instead of saying like, oh, that's just the way it is. Like, that's how like all these old guys are. And it's like, I, you're right. Oh my God, that's shit too. They hide yeah. the pretense of, well, it's just some old humor and people are sensitive nowadays. No, mm -hmm. it's not acceptable. <laughs> right. And it right. doesn't make me, it's, I don't understand why we get categorized as either a bitch or, um, you know, if you're bubbly, you're dumb. So mm -hmm. I struggled early on mm -hmm. in my career because I tend to be, you know, I joke and I'm snarky that, that take that mm -hmm. as ignorance. Or if I'm sensitive, it's taken as a weakness. Like you just said, being too transparent mm -hmm. is a weakness. I absolutely think the opposite. Being vulnerable yeah. is a strength. Having the courage yes. to stand up and say, like, this is not acceptable to me. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to stand for that. That takes a lot of courage, but you have to be okay with the fear of rejection and the vulnerability that comes. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And there is no stronger, no better leader than someone who is able to have courage to speak up and be vulnerable, right? Um, and then to be accepting of others who are willing to do the same, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and so it, it's so powerful. And, and I think there's just the stigma sometimes around women in general, women leaders, and, and, and so much so too, that even in, in our book, uh, the second chapter is you're not a bitch for saying no. The first ah, chapter- I love this so is, much. I say that no is a complete <laughs> sentence. Why do we feel so strong? Yeah, like why no, do but, we have to defend yeah. it? I, I don't know, I like there's no excuses, right? Right. 
um, for all you people pleasers out there, you know, and, um, and, and just a quick note on that. So I was talking in a, a workshop once and, and it was on our, our book and how, you know, you're not a bitch for saying no and going into all the reasons why boundaries are so critical in, in, in okay. life and in business and everything. Um, because if you don't set them, no one else is going to follow them, right? Like people right. rise to the expectations that we set. And, and if you don't have a standard for yourself, how are you going to get one from anybody else? But this gentleman spoke up and he said, uh, and, and he was absolutely like uh, the opposite of an alpha male, right? And, um, and he said, well, you know, Nicole, the best thing that somebody told me was people pleasers are liars. And I was like, <gasps> I don't lie. I'm so authentic. I'm so honest. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah you're right. People pleasers are liars because what you just said it, Jenny, you, know, you had this like rolling bubble of resentment of, of like this layers and layers and layers of bullshit and stuff that you yeah. actually wanted to verbalize and say, but yeah. didn't mm -hmm. because you were just letting people steamroll, you know? Um, and we do that sometimes. I think we just let everything pile and then pile some more and then pile some more and, and commit ourselves. And yes, yeah. yes. Or we're just too exhausted to say something <laughs> like I'm sure um, you know, some people can, can relate to that. I certainly know I have avoided conversations I should not have because I was just tired. Um, and yeah, and it's just easier to let it go. Right. But, but is it because it never pays off. Right. Um, it always catches up to you. And so I, I just think that's such an important note. And I actually have no idea what my other thought was before I went on that tangent. So that's okay. I don't know. All I'm going to say so is absolutely, I, I agree with you. And I feel like if one thing that someone could take away from this podcast is that they're not alone in that, yeah. you know, wanting, feeling that need to have to say yes and have to please and have to be, volunteer at everything. And the more shit we do, the more, valid we are as human beings because of our productivity well that's crap because it leads to burnout and resentment and frustration and it's yeah. just great i think going back to being authentic as much as we possibly can will alleviate a lot of that 100 percent. and like if you're feeling icky or a certain way about something like speak that up. feeling is accurate and speak up absolutely like yeah, um you know it, mm -hmm. yeah like if it's inappropriate like get out right there there is nothing holding you to that so um that's that but um you know what what jenny is like one of the biggest lessons that you think you've learned over the years and in, in building your company and taking it truly from like oh, i'm just gonna do this hobby to like a seven figure amazing thriving business like what are some of those game-changing lessons that that you think you that stand out to you if you were to name just like one or two I think going back to what we already said is no, mm -hmm. no is a complete yeah. sentence. It's okay to say no and trying to please everyone. You just lose your ass because you can't focus. So having a good focus of what we offer, what we do, how we do it and getting very, very intentional on that. And then eliminating the clutter was able, mm -hmm. that really gave us clarity and we were able to yeah. scale from that. Um, and then believing in yourself, I think the first five years and still now overcoming head mm -hmm. trash, you know, I think yeah. we set our own limitations and I, there's some really great quotes out there, but one of my mm -hmm. favorites, whether you think you can, or you can't, you're right. So yeah. being like, okay, I think I can. And then not being so stressed about how, but just keeping hold of that mm -hmm. vision and driving through it is 
is a game changer. And then finding that community that can help keep you accountable, like EO. Yeah. EO I can't speak highly enough of what we have in, in EO and having that community has helped me overcome so many of my head trash moments, anxiety, fears of loneliness, um, just the laundry mm -hmm. list. So for me, I guess if you boil it down, purpose and vision, community, um, and, and saying no. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Those are huge. And I think community is huge too. And in the last uh, podcast interview that I did, we talked about just that. And I talk about it all the time because for me, it took such a long time to find the right community. And part of that was I, I one, I didn't know it existed truly, but second to that, I, I, part of community for me was asking for help. And, and I was afraid to do that too, because I had this feeling that, I wasn't good enough, or I didn't belong in those circles, or what if they think I'm incompetent, or I'm not as good as they are, and in all these things, you know, that that yeah. I would tell myself, and and I still feel that, you know, it still shows up sometimes, and um, and I may have shared this with you, Jenny, in, in the beginning when we had our initial call, like I, I talk to women like you, or I go to EO events and all of a sudden, anything that I've ever accomplished or ever achieved goes out the window. And I like turtle into the shelf sometimes. And I'm like, whoa, this is intimidating. They're amazing. How do I belong here? You know, and it just shows up. And I think sometimes it's one of those things that it's so important for us to remember what we're capable of, who we are, but then also everyone else in the room probably has a lot in common with Absolutely. you. Absolutely. And everybody has head trash. And if you say you don't, I think you're a liar because if you think <laughs> we all have stories, we tell ourselves of yeah. you know, like, we're not smart enough. We're not this, and we don't know that. And we get fearful. And I think what I, what I found with my experience of EO is that we are so much quicker and easier to overcome the fear of sharing. And when yes. we get so I call it that empathy bridge. Like the more we share stories, the more we can find an empathy bridge between each other and that red thread that connects us all because there, everyone has that connective tissue, whether it's fear or failure, it's, you know, head trash from when you're little, whatever, there's something yeah. there. And if we can connect yeah. on that deeper level and do it quicker by talking, um, yeah. you, know, you don't feel so alone. And that really is what it comes down to for me. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I think, you know, if I remember correctly, one of your core values is sharing, right? Sharing and, and really um, making sure that you're communicating with your employees. Being yep. Being brave. It comes from Renee Brown. I was really inspired mm -hmm. by Daring to Lead and um, a few, few different ones of her books, but really coming back down to being brave and that overcoming the fear of if I speak out, am I going to be judged? So the first thing is we're, we're a creative team all ideas need to be considered and thrown out, you know, shared because otherwise I could just sit in my own four walls by myself and create all day. And that'd be really boring. But <laughs> right. I encourage people to please speak up. There's no, uh, you know, awkward questions and being able to speak out and being brave in order to do that has gotten us so much farther as an organization because we overcome obstacles. We fix issues. Um, we come up with new creative ideas. It's just a really fun place to work because of that. Yeah. I, I love that. And it it's so important. And actually, even um, this relates a little bit. One of the my favorite expressions is is the brave it till you make it right, oh. where I think we sometimes when you're newer in business, you hear the fake it till you make it. And that make never yeah. resonated with me. I because I just like yep. hate that word. And I'm like, wait a minute, like, the problem with my industry, you know, especially with financial advisors is like, 
Ugh, I don't want that feeling or I don't want the feeling of, of, of not being able to be authentic or someone not understanding me and, and all those things, right? To me, like fake is just one of those toxic things. And um, and so then I heard brave it till you make it. And I'm like, now that, that resonates, that. right? Like um, because it's so true. Like we, and, and we go through seasons, do we not in, in business where, you know, you, you have different layers of brave, uh, where in the beginning, it's just getting to the next day. Yeah. <laughs> it's just terrified. putting yourself out there and you're terrified and then it's growing your team. And then it's admitting to your team that you don't know how to do something and that, you know, oh, God. um, yeah. yeah. And in, in being brave in a way where the dynamic changes, but to get through periods of time, even like 2020, like bravery and, and having that um, unwavering ability to just know that your mission is so important that it's going to happen. You're going to be fine. You're going to see it through because you believe in not only yourself, but you've instilled the belief in your team that they believe in you to make it happen. You hit on so many good points, but believing in yourself, how important that is um, when you fall down. So I used to say failures. It was probably my second favorite F word is, you know, we've already said fucking originally. So anyway, <laughs> sometimes you just got to say it, but failure right. is probably one of my other favorite F words. Mm -hmm. And I used to be terrified of it because I thought it meant, you know, my life was ending. I did it wrong. I screwed up. Yeah. And now I go, wow, every time you screw up or you mess up, you go, what mm -hmm. did that, what did I learn from that? And how can I grow yeah. from it? And every mm -hmm. time you go through a failure, your belief in yourself becomes stronger. And that has been an amazing also learning lesson, you know, in business. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's okay to fail. And guess mm -hmm. what? I've been through three downturns. I'm going to make it through this next one, even if it happens, you know, next year and we have an, a downturn, I'm more likely to bet on myself because I know I can, because I've mm -hmm. done it nothing before. So, yeah, that's right. I, True, true, true. And, and I actually talked about this last night when I was doing a workshop for entrepreneurs. And I said, you know, one of the, the best things that a mentor had said to me in the past was, well, what if you just convert your fear of failure into loving it? Would that be so bad? Uh, because I was, I was so terrified of how I was showing up and failing because again, I was told my whole career and early on that I would fail. So I was told that so much that the fear became so extreme of not failing. I stayed in this zone of safety. I stayed in this box and I was afraid to, to be my authentic self or to really grow at a quicker clip because, well, what if I misstep? What if I fail? What if I mess up? Um, but the reality is, is, is when I converted that thinking to like, oh, well, I think I love to fail because to your point. I learned a lot of lessons and I'm kind of smart. So I'm not going to do that twice, right? I'm going to take yeah. note. I'm going to observe. I'm going to realize how I dealt with it, what I learned and carry that lesson forward. But another really great quote is like, you can't have success without failure, right? right. Say that um, again. Say that again. You cannot have success without failure. And why do we forget that? Right. Um, and like, if you knew you couldn't, fail or you knew you were going to rather, right? Like what decisions would you do differently or quicker, right? You wouldn't hold yourself back so much, right? One thing I like to tell myself too, and most of my teenage years, I was always a victim, dramatic, you know, I'm a victim. It happened to me. It happened to me. I shifted my mindset probably four or five years ago. And I said, this isn't happening to me. It's happening for me. And the more I can look yeah. at any kind of obstacle through that lens, I'm more likely to receive it as a learning experience and overcome it and push myself to the next thing. But that's 
very difficult sometimes because you want to get pissed off and go, this is not fair. Why is yeah. And I go, wait a second. This is what it, why is this happening mm-hmm. for me right now? Mm-hmm. That's been helpful. Yeah. Those um, perspectives and like conversion of how you think and how you show up is such a game changer because, you know, you're the only one that can control your outcome. No one's coming to save you. No one's going to do it for you. No one's going to fix it for you. Uh, But it's easy to fall into that trap of like being a martyr or saying, oh, woe is me or this happened or this was hard or I experienced this. They didn't experience that or they took their business over from their dad. So it's easy. Like what the F and get out of business. Right. Um, But but we forget that. Wait a minute. how, How I'm choosing to show up is my choice. I can let what's not serving me go and and choose to move forward in a way that represents everything that I want. And it just takes so much mental strength sometimes and and that capacity to be able to move forward without um, using a crutch, I think sometimes or an excuse as to why we messed up, but more importantly, just accepting the fact that we did and growing from that. Like there doesn't need to be an excuse for making a mistake. We're human. Uh, give yourself grace. It's okay. So you had a bad year. So what now what, right? I think it's so important to um, recognize that sometimes and and not let it paralyze you or beat yourself up, you know, Um, and and just take ownership in it and, and go from there, grow from there and knowing that, yeah, I'm willing to, to go get results versus having all these reasons why not, you know, because you're capable of achieving it. You know, I think it would be great to talk about how we overcome that in a world where everything's on display. You know, we have this created comparison disease, I call it. Oh my gosh, that's good. That's really good. Yeah, I used to joke it's CCD and I'm like, it's not that class you had to take in Catholic school. Mm -hmm. It's a creative comparison. So we look at everyone else and go, well, they're doing this and they're doing that and how or competitors in your business. If you stop focusing about what everyone else is doing and back to your purpose and your life path and what you're trying to grow and go into, it's a lot easier um, mentally, I find for for me, um, a lot easier mentally for me to be successful. And sometimes that also means creating boundaries around personal, you know, relationships and friendships that don't serve me or fulfill where my greater good yeah. where I'm trying to go and, and not and turn off social media or not look yeah. at accounts, you know, how do yeah. you, how do you overcome that? And like, I've become so protective of it. Um, and so protective of my mindset actually. So like there has been, um, friends that I've had to just like kind of silently fire, uh, because how, how I was feeling when I was around them didn't make me feel like I was on top of the world. Like I left feeling incredibly drained and, and I don't know if you've ever had that experience where you made a plan with someone because you feel obligated because you've known them for so long or they asked you to do something and why the F we feel like we have to say yes, I don't know, but I did. And then the whole time before you actually go on that dinner or wine or whatever it is, you're like praying to God, they cancel or, you know, you're oh, not wanting to go. This. I can and, relate to this right now. Please share. Yeah. Yes. And so I, you know, I had this like aha moment and I don't, know who I was listening to. I'm sure it was like some brilliant guru saying like, why are you torturing yourself? Um, But I was like, wait a minute. Like I only have so many minutes and I am one of those people who keeps a full schedule in, and why am I spending time with people 
who are not making me feel good or inspired or happy or, or fulfilled. Like I don't have time for people who like crush my soul or drain the energy out of me or make me feel negative. And it didn't matter. Like if it was my family or friends, I just decided and I made this choice. And actually my husband helped me with it because he's always my biggest cheerleader and kind of pulling me out of my own way in terms of like, I don't need to put up with it. I can cut them out. And oh, by the way, I'm going to live like it will be yes. okay. Oh, I'm so um, glad you're sharing this. What'd you do? And, and so, so I did just that. I started saying no, or I said, that's not for me. I stopped playing into drama. I started ignoring that. I started going above it. You know, when that showed up in my life, whether it was professionally, personally, family, um, because and another thing that, that I say to myself now, and, and my best friend says it to me all the time when I'm ready to like go off the handle on something is just like, when they go low, you go high, right? When they go low, you go high. And then you just, you let it go and you move on and you don't dwell on it or stew on it for a while. And then, um, you know, another part of that too, is like, I, I sometimes would beat myself up in comparing myself to other uh, financial planning firms or other businesses. And, and I think like, man, like am I doing life wrong? Like we're a lot better than them in my opinion, where we have higher integrity, our service is different. They're crushing it. They're growing and doing so well. Like, why don't we have a line on our door? Why is this so hard? Why, why am I struggling to grow? And, um, and I would beat myself up and, and I would be so focused and concerned on what, everyone else was doing and how are they were doing it that I wasn't looking inward and saying, well, how can I shift internally? How can I shift our organization? How can I, you know, do this? And how can I look at everyone else and do it opposite? How can I do it in a way that's, that's me, that's us. Right. Um, and so that was another choice that, that I made is I'm like, you know what, paying attention to everybody else is wasting a lot of freaking time. It wastes a lot of time. It wastes a lot of time. I love that you yeah. said that you know, for me is, is also being very clear on my boundaries. So initially I would yeah. hurt people's feelings and I feel bad and I should hang out or I should, I'm tired. Stop shooting on me. I don't ah, yes. I say that all the time. Right. So I'm like, <laughs> stop shooting on each other. Yeah. So I realized, well, as long as I'm clear and understanding that I really do, mm -hmm. I've spent the last two years and I have exited out of a lot of friend, local friend groups and things, and it yeah. wasn't to hurt them really at all. And I didn't mean mm -hmm. it to be that way. It's just, I really wanted to focus inward on ways that I can grow spiritually, yeah. mentally, physically. I stopped drinking. Like there's so many things I've been doing that mm -hmm. I needed that time and space to yeah. do them in and feel like you said I would go to these things and then feel drained after yeah. or the drama or being sucked into it and I was like why am I doing this why am I here this yeah. doesn't feel it doesn't inspire me doesn't fill me up and, mm -hmm. and being intentional about my time and like we yeah. said earlier say no no is a full sentence yeah you don't yeah. have to explain you know? If it's just Absolutely. to read a book or Netflix, I want to stay home. That's no. okay. You don't need yeah. to come up with an excuse. And and yeah. I think, you know, I went through this like mental rehab <laughs> where, yeah. where I, I all of a sudden just like started giving zero fucks about yes, I, like, I got what to give. everyone else thought because it was so exhausting. And I'm like, I need to protect my energy because life yeah. is getting harder, right? Yes. Um, business is getting harder and my responsibilities are getting harder harder. And so if I'm going to show up and do these harder things for a better, easier life, like I had better cut out the things 
that I don't need, or why am I making, you know, my life so complicated so much as though, um, you know, I was bending and molding and, and negotiating on my non-negotiables to show up. And so, you know, one of, and this actually happened just this year because I am a slow learner. I, um, I, I love going to, to my boot camp. every, if, for anybody who knows me like this is my non-negotiable, you know, I always go every day at four 30 and if I don't go, I'm miserable. Like it just fills my cup. It makes me feel really good on so many levels. And it also like helps me reset my brain for a minute before I have to go do the rest of my night. And there was this networking event that I was hell-bent on attending because I had some women that I wanted to go and support. They were getting awards. I wanted to be there, but to go would mean I couldn't do boot camp because it was at 4.30. The event started at like 5.30. What am I going to do? And then I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go to boot camp. And then by the way, I'm going to bring my own food so I don't feel like garbage and I'm not hungry. And I'm going to go to the event in my gym clothes. Oh, and okay. the fact that I did that, like I, I went, I brought my own meal. I showed up in gym clothes and talked to everybody. I, for so long was so terrified of being judged or not showing up, put together or looking the part or being a business owner. And, and, oh my God, I'm going to be sweaty. And I'm not going to be wearing makeup. Like nobody gave a shit. And, and the best <laughs> part was I showed up and everyone was like, oh my God, I'm so jealous. <laughs> like, why do you look so comfortable? Or I, I'm so um, amazed by your dedication. And, you know, and, and I ended up opening wow. up. So this wow. is the thing. I ended up opening up conversations to inspire other women to do the exact same thing because everybody else wanted to do it. Or there were other women who were like, I really need to get back into a routine. How does that make you feel? I'm feeling crappy. Yeah. And, you know, and so it's like, you know, we're so afraid sometimes I think to, to be judged be or to <laughs> negotiate the things that make us feel good because yeah. we're so concerned with making everybody else feel good that like Ugh. when you show up as you are and you be who you are, you don't realize the ripple effect sometimes in a positive way on everybody else who needed that, like everyone else who needed you to do that thing. And so, um, you know, and from that point forward, I was like, wow, I wish I would have learned that one a long time ago, but two, like now I can do a lot more things. <laughs> you know? yeah, like, it's great. Um, it Cause it doesn't good. matter. It feels good to be authentic. Yeah. It's funny. So back in September, I made this back to school sign because all these people online are always showing their kids back to school and all these things, whatever. And I was laughing at that and going, what if we were just real for a minute with each other and talk yeah. about the other side of what's going on? Like we said, earlier, right. the other side of business, I made myself a back to school sign and it went viral to like 2 million views. It was, I'm 42 years tired. You know, <laughs> the reality is I'm happy to volunteer. I mean, I give you money for supplies, but I don't yeah. have much time to volunteer. Like, let's be real for a second. And it was sure. funny because it opened up a lot of conversations of other yes. women that felt the same way, but we were all so afraid to share or be mm -hmm. authentic for being judged and whatever. And sometimes I just want to cut through that crap and clutter and just, can we have yes. some hard conversations? Can we be real yes. with each other? I, I, you know, we struggle with imposter syndrome, where right? I struggle with trying to be perfect in every area or balance, you know, mm -hmm. husband, wife, whatever, this level of uh, cups that you've got to yeah. fill, whatever. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it I love fun. that you did that. And, and you know, what is so funny is that the times that I show up with zero filter, the times that I just like admit to the things that I did or screwed up or whatever, end up evolving into like the best conversations or business, you know, like in, and it's so, you know, you had asked before, I think about, you know, just 
being transparent, right? And, and being as you are versus everyone's pretty that we see all the time. And when I started talking about how I messed up financially or the conversations I avoided and should have had and just being really honest in, in like public on social media about the mistakes that I made or things I should have done or how I messed up and I still do it all the time. Like I'm human because I think so many people feel like they have to have this perfect persona um, that when I started doing that even in and just talking about the shit, right? Like talking yeah. about the real crap that we deal with as human beings in our lives, business owner or not, like so many people were like, oh my God, me too. Yeah, I feel that way. Or I feel this way, you know, and it makes everyone else feel more comfortable, but then it makes you more approachable. And then, you know, I'm not sure if you've experienced this, Jenny, but for us, it helps us grow our business in a way that I would have never anticipated. Uh, I completely agree with you because I talk about this all the time. It's about sharing stories. So if you're vulnerable yeah. enough to share your story, you're going to find someone that connects with that and it resonates with them and you're going to attract people to your brand. I call that the effective community. So using the art of communication to build community around you and what you're doing is you know, like I said earlier, you're sharing your vulnerability, you're finding other people going, oh, me too. Like, I think you would share with me about finances, right? And why mm -hmm. you know, certain women feel like they're talked to a different way of different financial companies. And you were able yeah. to break down that barrier by sharing your story. And guess what? Attracting people to your brand mm -hmm. that felt yeah. comfortable, it felt safe, you know, they can trust you. And that's, that's the power of, of storytelling and building community. Yeah. And that is, if I um, am correct, your jam. I mean, that's right. That's why I kind of circle back to everything there because I think about yeah. that. And what you said to me is, you know, I just always go back to, well, if we could communicate, we can overcome the hard obstacles. We can create yes. camaraderie in our teams inside our organizations. And then we can find like-minded people, which is why I get so excited talking to you. And jokingly, when I, you said the F word initially, I was like, wow, I feel so alone sometimes. And everything you say, I'm like, oh, yes. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> and it gives me so much energy to find other women entrepreneurs yes. learn and grow from that you don't feel alone, which goes back to our whole like that sense of belonging. I and mean, everyone has a deep need to feel like they belong somewhere. And you can't find that if you don't communicate. So, right. yeah, it is my yeah. chance. Yeah, I love it. And and we are more alike than we are different. You guys, like there are other women out there like you who want to support you, who are willing to yeah. just accept you as you are. And so yeah. that is a perfect place to stop, I think, yeah, I think you know, so. and, and really transition. And so Jenny, thank you. Thank you so much. Like you're you. awesome. You built an incredible company. We are going to put everything about you, the link to your firm. So if anybody wants to connect, learn more, your social media handles, everything will be in the show notes. And that said, I would love to hear what you think your version of becoming powerhouse has been for you. My, my version of how, yeah. Like what that means to you. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think, you know, like, I think I was just saying it earlier, being around women yeah. like you and, and finding that we aren't alone and that has made it be more powerful together, you know, linking in all these amazing people and growing is yeah. what I don't know. It's just an incredible opportunity and yeah. cool. Yeah, leave it at cool. that community. All right. Awesome. I love it. Well, powerhouses who are listening until next time, continue being great. Thanks so much for listening to becoming powerhouse. You can find all of the links to our site and resources in the show notes. 
Let's connect on Instagram at Pow Her House Money. And don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter at powerhousemoney.com. Remember, I want to connect with you. I want to hear your thoughts and help you with all the challenges you're having. So engage, send me a DM. And of course, if you're loving this podcast, let us know and go ahead and hit the subscribe button and leave a review. 